know it. Behind the scenes, we decipher, turn complex to simple. Hello and welcome to a new podcast episode for Know It World. I'm Philippa and I'm joined today by Jessica McKenzie, also known as Just Jess Nutrition on Instagram, a registered dietitian based in Cape Town. Together, we're going to be tackling the most searched questions on the internet about binge eating. Please be aware that this topic is sensitive for a lot of people and may trigger some people. Thank you. Hey Jess, great to have you with us today. Looking forward to sharing this podcast with you. Thank you so much for having me, Philippa. I'm so excited to be discussing binge eating with you today. It's one of my favorite topics to discuss, and I think there are a lot of misconceptions about it, especially on Google. So yeah, let's dive into them. Awesome. Thanks, Jess. So the very first thing that popped up onto our feed is really the definition of binge eating. So according to the Mayo Clinic, they say that binge eating defined means frequently consuming unusually large amounts of food in one sitting and feeling that eating behavior is out of control. So Jess, would you say this is a good description of what binge eating is? Yeah, I think it is, uh, for a Google search, a pretty good definition. Um, So According to the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, um, the fifth edition, so that's kind of um, the classification of eating disorders, Um, we say that it's eating more than normal, so more than a normal amount of food in a short period of time. So that can be a five-minute period, ten-minute period. It can be even a two-hour period, but it's eating more than normal within a kind of a, a short window period. Feeling out of control, as they as they mentioned, but something that they left out is feeling a large amount of guilt afterwards. You know, um, I think we've all <laughs> overeaten at some point in our lives, but this is this is a bit more than that. It's eating more than normal, very quickly, feeling that out of control and also feeling large amounts of guilt after that binging episode. Okay, so maybe this this leads into the second question that is most searched for a bit better as well. The second question being, how does one know if they're binge eating or simply enjoying themselves? Where do you draw the line? That's a really good question, Philippa, and I think a lot of people do get confused because they assume, oh, I I must have binge eating disorder because, you know, I overate yesterday and I don't feel too good about it today. But there really are quite clear parameters um, for binge eating disorder. So there are five, and I'm going to kind of dive into them. Um, So the first one is, as we said, um, eating a large amount of food in a short period of time and feeling out of control. So let's say 
we went to a party or um, went to friends for lunch and there was dessert and there were chips and you may have had a glass of wine and you would have eaten more than normal because of the abundance of food or you're in a social setting and we generally do tend to eat more in a social setting. You are probably eating that food at a normal pace or even slower. You taking bites, having a conversation and then having another bite. And you don't feel out of control. You might be kind of grazing without realizing it, but you, you don't feel out of control. Um, when you binge, it's almost like the world stops and you're in this kind of realm where you you cannot think of anything else other than getting that food into your mouth as quickly as possible. And you almost find that your your hands are moving faster than your, your brain is thinking. Um, so that's quite a clear one with binge eating. And then um, three or more of the following, and I guess it's easier if I um, <laughs> had it visually, but either eating faster than normal, eating past a level of fullness. Um, often you, with binge eating, you're eating even when you're not actually hungry. Um, so that that's another kind of key point um, with binge eating is you may not physically be hungry, but you're still overeating and eating way more than you normally would, even if you were hungry. Oftentimes um, with binge eating, uh, people feel very embarrassed by it. You know, it's it's not something that you you kind of talk about that you you have this loss of control that you eat so much so often um, you'll find with binge eating you eat alone you're embarrassed by how much you've eaten and also there's a feeling of guilt and disgust oftentimes you, you feel quite depressed after a binge and um yeah often depression and binge eating can go hand in hand it can either be the the driver or the result of binging. Um, so yeah, feeling distressed. Um, we say um, that it would happen at least once a week for three months to be kind of like a diagnostic marker. And one of the, the biggest things is there's no compensatory behavior. So what we mean by that is after the binge, you're not over-exercising or in the case of bulimia, you're not purging afterwards. You You've binged and that's that. You're not trying to kind of work off the calories. So, yeah, I think if that kind of uh, answers the question of um, how do I know if I have binge eating? So it's eating a large amount of food in a short period of time, even if you're not full, feeling distressed and also feeling guilty. That was a very helpful point breakdown. Thanks, Jess. I think that perfectly leads into the third most searched Google question, and that is, how do you fix binge eating? So I guess, what is your role as a health professional for someone who needs help? And why, why have you chosen this career path? Why are you interested in helping people with this system? disorder in particular just to add on if someone needed help and they were looking for guidance why would they come to you as a dietitian over say a doctor yeah that's a great question and a lot of the time uh, people with binge eating disorder feel very very stuck you know and um, we often say it's a cycle you know so 
they'll probably post-binge feel that guilt and that shame and they kind of make up in their minds that, okay, from from now on I'm going to be good. And so usually what happens is they then restrict or start a diet or something and then that kind of just triggers the whole restriction binging cycle. And um, so... Yeah, why why I'm so passionate just to answer your first question is I I used to really really struggle with binge eating and for many years um I just thought it was something wrong with me and only when I became a teenager when I googled it myself I realized that this is actually a disorder that it's not something just specific to me that it is an eating disorder and I remember being six years old and I would be in the kitchen cupboards eating like astounding amounts of food. But I made sure that my family were all busy, um, that no one caught me. And I did this for years. And it's something that I'm passionate about because I've been on kind of the, (laughs) the receiving end of binge eating disorder. And I know how frustrating it can be. I know how helpless you feel, how disgusted you can feel with yourself. And I really don't want anyone to carry on living like that. So I guess that's why I'm so passionate about it, because I know the struggle that people have with binge eating disorder. So I would recommend speaking to a dietitian, specifically a dietitian interested in eating disorders, because We've studied this, we've studied the topic, and oftentimes doctors, they can kind of, you know, give you a prescription or like an antidepressant, or they may refer you to a psychologist, Um, and you might feel, okay, it's helping, but it's not fixing the problem. And oftentimes, um, a psychologist is definitely necessary, but I would say, a dietitian because we can look at your overall health, you know. Um, so with my binge eating clients, I look at it from a psychological point of view, not that <laughs> I'm a psychologist and I would never kind of dive into that, but I look at it from different angles. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely a stepwise approach and kind of overcoming binge eating disorder can take a long time. And I think that's what we don't like. We like instant results. We want it to happen quickly. And with binge eating, it can take months, it can take years, and it really requires a lot of patience, but it can definitely be overcome. Thank you, Jess, for sharing your history with all of us. That's, you know, something very personal for you. So I certainly feel privileged to be a part of that share. I understand now why you are so interested in this field, you know, this area of dietetics. And I, you know, I can see how going to a dietitian, it's putting a human face to whatever you're going through. And to know that that person that's on the helping end has perhaps gone through similar experiences to you. I think that can be so helpful for so many people. So there's so much value in that, which is really important. Shifting slightly, question number four, 
is what happens to your body when you binge eat? Thank you, Philippa. Um, and I do think it's important, as you said, to kind of add a human aspect to it, you know, especially with binge eating. There's a huge amount of trust that goes into it. And it may take years for somebody with binge eating to disorder to come forth with it and actually seek help. So you want to make sure that if you are the first person that someone with the disorder comes to for help, that you immediately establish trust um, because it has taken so much for them or so much courage for them to even come forth and open up about their disorder. So as you said, it, it can be a lifelong um, kind of trust uh, relationship or a lifelong commitment with a patient to be there for them, help them. Um, so yeah, and I, as you said, I think having gone there myself, I know exactly <laughs> how, how strenuous it can be. So yeah, that is definitely why I'm passionate about it. Um, to answer your question about what it actually does, the effect of binge eating on the body, it's quite a few things, but I'll just touch on a few. So one of the, the main things that happens and that kind of brings us back to that binge eating cycle is there's a release in dopamine. And oftentimes, I mean, there's so many causes of binge eating, but it's, it's kind of a, a way of controlling, if I can even say that, even though you're out of control. Normally, it's a coping mechanism, you know, when you feel stressed or depressed or angry or, you know, some kind of emotion, you kind of are more likely to binge. Um, so when you binge, normally you binge on high fat, high sugar, high carb foods, you know, it's very rare that you'll find someone binging on celery, it's normally things like chocolates or ice cream or chips, um, that kind of thing, and when we do that, we get this spike in dopamine, and that makes us happy, makes us feel good, it makes us calm, and that's kind of what we chase after when we binge, we want that high, and it is, it's almost like a high, and it becomes this coping mechanism, for us and again it's that cycle so just as someone a drug addict would constantly kind of chase after that high that's what happens with binging so um yeah obviously then you are eating past fullness and so your stomach will stretch so you then have a disruption of your hunger hormones and your fullness, um, your satiety, so kind of your um, your appetite and your regulation of hunger becomes a bit wacky and you don't really know when you're hungry or when you're full. And obviously over time, the more you binge and the more you stretch your stomach, the more you're then likely to do it again. And it's <laughs> it's going to take more food to make you full, you know. Um and then it can mess with your sleep. It can mess with your sleep cycle. Um, so again, with your fullness and your satiety, it can also set your sleep off. So you may find that it's harder for you to sleep or you're not sleeping as well as you used to. 
another thing that can happen is because we are eating past fullness, our stomach stretches, and when that happens, it makes it a lot easier for our stomach acid to creep back into our esophagus, and this is what causes heartburn. So we'll find that oftentimes after a big binge, we may experience heartburn because of that stretching of the stomach. Then you're more at risk for digestive issues because you're consuming a large amount of food. You may find that your stomach cramps. You may find that you um, have bloating or diarrhea shortly after or the next day. So you can experience digestive issues. And then probably one of the, the most common things that happens is weight gain. Because you're consuming a large amount of calories above normal in a short period of time, you're more likely to gain weight. And this is kind of one of the, the ways um, that you can see if you're experiencing binge eating or if someone you know is, is often you don't really see them eating, but they're putting on all this weight. And that's because of the overconsumption of these especially energy-dense, high-fat, high-sugar foods that um, is going to lead to weight gain. Wow. A lot is happening with your body and your mind. I mean, it's so interlinked, the body and the mind. It's really extensive what, what happens to your body. Um, so thanks for clearing that all up, Jess. Um, and also giving a bit of advice there about watching out for your loved ones. I think that's that's really important. Maybe you know somebody or perhaps yourself. You're doing it without realizing it, right? And just becoming a little bit more aware um, and when to know to step in. I'll come back to that point um, because the next point, um, the next question that is most searched for is what is the difference between binge eating and other disorders such as bulimia? Often bulimia is depicted in movies and media. Um, you hear about it. Uh, a lot of celebrities have gone through it or are going through it um, we have this kind of understanding about it um, one would think that binge eating would fit into bulimia or are they two separate things uh, how do we distinguish uh, between the two that's a really really good question Philippa and um yeah, as you said, a lot of people know about bulimia. We've seen it in movies or we've heard of celebrities having bulimia, but not so much binge eating disorder. So with bulimia, um, there are definitely similarities, but there are also quite clear differences between bulimia and binge eating. So with bulimia, um, there is a compensatory behavior. So what that means is, they will eat a, a large amount of food, and I'll get into that now, but then there's a compensatory behavior for that overeating. So the most common behavior is purging or throwing up that food, and that is to prevent um, weight gain or 
yeah, it's, it's, it's a sense of control for that person with the disorder. Um, another way or another behavior is not necessarily purging, but maybe taking a laxative to kind of let that food pass the system faster or over-exercising. Um, so you might find that um, someone with bulimia, they run for hours or they're at the gym for hours to kind of burn off those calories. Um, so most commonly is the purging, but you, you can sometimes find someone over-exercising or even taking laxatives. And it can be one or the other, or it can be all of those behaviors. You know, it is completely individualized. There's no kind of uh, black and white with, with uh, bulimics. Um, another point to mention with bulimia is because oftentimes these individuals are purging, they find that some foods are easier to throw up than others. So they may kind of limit the, the types of foods that they eat because they know that it's easier to throw that food up and that, that food might be a lot more difficult. So you may find that they're quite fussy with, with what they eat. They may um, not eat in public, similar to binge eating disorder. And you might find they're drinking large amounts of carbonated drinks, like a, a Coke Zero or something like that, um, to kind of fill them up. But that can also make the purging a bit easier. Some uh, clinical signs to kind of... Um, maybe spot, <laughs> is if um, this bulimic does purge, you might find that they have stained teeth from the stomach acid um, kind of corroding their teeth. They may have um, calluses on their hands from sticking their fingers down their throat. Um, so it's quite, a, it's quite a serious disorder. Um, and yeah, just to compare the two with binge eating, like we said uh, just now, that there is no compensatory behavior. So with binge eating, you're overeating, but that's that. You're not throwing up, you're not over-exercising, and you're not taking a laxative. With bulimia, um, you are compensating for that overeating. Oftentimes with bulimia, just the last point, is you'll find that someone with bulimia almost immediately after a meal, they suddenly leave the bathroom. And that's often to purge the food that they've eaten. So if you find that someone eats a lot or you actually don't see them eating, but they're always going to the bathroom after meals and they're in the bathroom for quite a long period of time, that might be a little bit of a, a red flag to, to look out for. Okay, so... So they, they're sort of interrelated, but you've, you've laid out the differences really clearly. Thanks for that, Jess. Once again, people who are concerned or perhaps themselves, if they notice these behaviors, it's something to look out for, something that you should maybe be aware of. So that leads perfectly into final question that is searched for it's it's not so much that people type this specific question in it's more that when you type binge eating into google all the things that pop up are some of them are the links 
to websites, to information portals, to healthcare centers where you can go and and get advice. So as a South African, as somebody based in South Africa, where would you find the most reliable and sort of free and accurate information for yourself, for your loved ones um, about this topic? And also, most importantly, is how could people contact you? What's easiest for people if they'd like to set up an appointment for themselves or for their loved ones? How would they go about it? Thanks, Jess. Yeah, I think if any of the listeners kind of resonated with any of the behaviors and kind of thought, oh, wow, that, that's me, or I know someone who does that, and you're wanting to find more information, um, there's a website called Eating Disorders South Africa, um, and that kind of explains the symptoms of different, I can call them symptoms of different eating disorders, and it gives you a bit of information about eating disorders. And that's kind of um, just to give you a bit more understanding about, you know, do I have this disorder or not? Um, and it is important to note that you may have aspects of a disorder. So you may find that, um, you know, sometimes you do overeat, but there's no guilt. Um, you might eat past fullness, but you don't quite tick all those boxes of a full-blown eating disorder. Um, and it's not to dismiss that either. That could be like some early early symptoms, early alarm bells. So what I would say, um, Philippa, to answer your question is try and nip it in the bud. <laughs> Eating disorders are not fun. And as we mentioned, they can have some serious effects on your health. Um, so I would say getting in touch with someone like myself, a dietitian, that has a special interest in eating disorders and disordered eating. Um, so you can find me on my website, uh, jessicamckenzie.co.za, or my Instagram page, just Jess Nutrition. Um, and pop me a message. Um, have a look at my website. Pop me a message there, and we can discuss things. We can discuss a plan of uh, treatment, and yeah, work together. Um, and as we mentioned, there's different causes of eating disorders. And I'm speaking generally now, not just specifically binge eating. Um, so I might only be able to help you with one aspect of that. You know, if you have some psychological issues or you coping issues, then you may need to speak to a psychologist. Or if you have some health issues along with the disorder, you may need to see a doctor. But I think chatting to a dietitian and letting us kind of do a history with you, do an assessment with you, and then we'll be able to take it from there. Jess, that was so helpful and so informative. I have learned so much today and I hope that I can carry this information and if I know about anybody, I can share it with them. So this was all so, so helpful. And I really like what you said at the end there. It's about making that contact. It's about investing in proper health care advice. And if, 
if you are, you know, struggling and you are intimidated, Jess has given you some pretty clear direction where you can go and get that information and you can work on it, find the help that you need and find the support. And we hope that this podcast has helped you today. Thank you so much for having me, Philippa. It's been such a an honor to discuss eating disorders with you. And I'm so glad that you found it useful and beneficial. And I do hope that um, our listeners also found it useful and that if anyone listening does struggle with these things, that they reach out to either myself or another dietitian or healthcare provider and that they really do come to a place where they can overcome their eating disorder. So thank you so much, Philippa. Thanks to Jess uh, once again and I would just like to make a note here that the best and most reliable healthcare advice is from somebody like Jessica McKenzie who is a registered healthcare professional, she's a dietitian. These are the kinds of people that will give you the most reliable advice. If you or your loved one is seeking advice, Know It World is able to point you in the right direction. We may not be able to answer all of your questions, but we would gladly link you up with somebody like Jessica McKenzie or other healthcare professionals that we are in contact with. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode and if you'd like to hear more, please do leave us a comment and let us know. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.